What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, December 20th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the best hair in the business, Fran Mirabella III. Top of the afternoon to you. Oh, a little Irish. Why not? <laughs> I don't Let's know get why. crazy. It's almost know? lunchtime now. It's Special almost lunchtime. Episode. It is the last episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily for the year 2019. I'm honored to I- be you know, as I said, the, the feather in the cap. <laughs> you are the cherry on top, Fran. <laughs> I guess. No, as I said, uh, you know, Fran Mirabella III, I realized I haven't, or the best hair in the business, I haven't hosted with you in a long time. It has been a long time. That was yeah. actually, honestly, was the real reason I was excited because normally yeah. it's when you're out or sure. Tim's out or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I never get the opportunity to host with you. There and you uh, it's been months at wow. least. Wow. I'm I excited. Everything else with you, yeah. Borderlands show, Gamescast, yeah. they all blur together. You know? Yeah, and we, we make fun of each other the whole show. We hate each other, so it's, it's going to be a it's great true. episode. Well, again, it's just the fact that no, we you don't. sold me out. For That's right. Fifteen dollars <laughs> on Twitch. God forbid you stick it out, play PlayStation Four versus. It's all about those Twitch three. extensions, man. They work on PS Four now. They were going to work. You just wanted a month. You had a month. It's always a That's month. Right. So people, we were supposed to play on the PlayStation Four for Borderlands Three. That's Fran what this is about. He would. He pinky swore. That he would play Borderlands 3 on PS4 with me. And, and I was then, going to, but the Twitch extensions, the Twitch extensions didn't and they work. didn't immediately work on PS4, so Fran had to run to PC. So you agree it's their fault we settled it. I do. Well, yeah, sure, they tore us asunder. You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, enough about that. Today we're going to talk about Telltale, not being the old Telltale. Uh, CD Projekt Red and their author of The Witcher books coming together once more. And good news for Stadia again, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games with your questions, comments, concerns, your squad ups, and everything under the video game sun. Then tune in. To see, no, hold on, that's right. If you're watching live, oh yeah, tune in to watch this recorded live, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping for you. Uh, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, as I said, this is the final episode of kind of funny games daily for 2019 don't fret though we will be back and better than ever of course on friday january 3rd 11 a.m to 11 p.m it is the kind of funny day fifth anniversary stream we will be announcing kind of funny games 4.0 we'll be talking about all the cool things we're doing in 2020 you know the drill however if you're one of these people going wait a second that's still a long time without kind of funny content. You are not out in the dark. Remember, Monday, we will post the kind of funny games cast. Then Tuesday through Wednesday on youtube.com slash kind of funny games, the PlayStation VR show season two goes out. Woo! Thursday is the kind of funny podcast on youtube.com slash kind of funny. Friday, the Mandalorian in review uh, finishes. Can't believe that's happening. Then Monday through Thursday, more episodes of the PlayStation VR show. And then Friday, January 3rd, the stream to end all streams. Kind of funny day, 2020. What will happen? Will Barbara Walters and Hugh Downs show up? <laughs> Who knows? Is Hugh Downs still alive? I also don't know. I was also thinking about this, Kevin. It's Barbara Walters. We need Kevin. We need to tell Cool Greg. I, I, he he never. weren't we supposed? To, we said in the PSVR season, right, that we put the MP3s of the PSVR show up on Patreon. Mm. That would be downloaded. Be downloadable for free. All that stuff. We got to get MP3s all the shows. Okay, cool. Can cool. you slack them for me? Yeah, I'll do that right now. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Blackjack and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Third Love, Upstart, and Logitech, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Five items on the Roper Report. Oh, Baker's Dozen! 
Are we, officially, are we officially at the bottom of the barrel for game news 2019? <laughs> I'll let you be the judge. <laughs> Number one, CD Projekt Red and the Witcher author have signed a new agreement. CD Projekt, what? Is that that? That sounds <laughs> that, exciting so far, Greg. CD, uh, CD Projekt, they dropped the red for some reason in this official press release. CD Projekt, uh, creators of the Witcher series of games and the upcoming role-playing game Cyberpunk 2077. Today, with Andres Sapkanowski. I'm going to go with Andre Sapkowski. I got down. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Andre. Andre? Now let's go with it. We're, well, we're it's just a tough say Polish Sapkowski name, I believe. Uh, author of The Witcher Books would like to inform that today both parties signed an agreement further solidifying their relationship. Quote, we've always admired Mr. Sapkowski's works. Uh, a great inspiration for the team here at 3D Project Red, says Adam. Sinitsky, uh, president and joint CEO of CD Projekt. I believe today marks a new stage in our continued relationship. Uh, the agreement satisfies and fully clarifies the needs and expectations of both parties, past and present, and sets out a framework for future cooperation between the two sides. The agreement grants CD Projekt new rights as well as confirms the company's title to the confirms the company's title to The Witcher intellectual property in video games, graphic novels, board games, and merchandise. Now you might say, okay, that's all well and good. I don't get the news here, right? Mm -hmm. What's going on? Well, if we want to look back to February 4th, 2019, a young pup named Imran Khan at Game Informer yeah. filed this story talking about the fact that everything was breaking down over there, but it was kind of getting fixed. Last year, uh, Sapkowski was pretty upset about the Witcher video games. As the writer of the Witcher books, Sapkowski ended up signing away a lot of his rights to CD Projekt Red for a flat fee after turning down a profit percentage deal, assuming the games wouldn't actually make a profit. Several Witcher games and millions of dollars later, uh, Sapkowski uh, regrets the decision and made that clear when he demanded $16.1 million in royalties, which CD Projekt Red rejected. Now, CD Projekt Red is changing their mind and offering him compensation. According to Polish news outlet uh, Polis Business, uh, CD Projekt Red has agreed to pay out some of the money they author in recognition uh, for his role in creating the Witcher series. The number, which was not disclosed, is quite a bit less than $16 million he demanded earlier, but CD Projekt Red argues it is quite a bit more than they are obligated to give. In a statement given by the developer, they explain that they are mainly trying to maintain good relations with the author through the payment. Both parties have agreed to the settlement and have, according to their lawyers, resolved the situation amicably. Mm -hmm. So, Fran, what's your read on this? <laughs> I mean, I can't say I've been following this story all year. You haven't been on top of this news hat sitting there going, hmm, can't wait to see what this is. But, I mean, for, you tell me if I'm reading it right, which is like, uh, he kind of walked away, you know, Andre or, or whatever, Sapkowski's name is. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, that was good pronunciation. I try. W's or V's sometimes, I think, over there. But anyway, um, walked away from some money, but then it was kind of a realized that was not a great deal. And then maybe well, it sounds like yeah. What a what a that's one of those things you kick yourself in the ass about forever. Of like, yeah. oh man, this I'll never make money. Sure, we'll ju I'll just take the money right now. But he signed for that. But my guess is there was a little bit of like sort of why'd you let me sign for that? Now that it's selling so well, don't you think you owe me more? Right? Yeah, exactly. And it turned exactly into that. And, and it I mean, seems like they did good on that and said you're right. Like. Exactly, and that's the thing. Is you like, wrote you know, this stuff. I don't know how I, you know, I'm not sure if he came out of the blue with a lawsuit for $16 million or yeah. if it was, hey, give me money, they said no, and it escalated. But yeah. in the end, it's good on CD Projekt Red for looking at him going, you know what, no, you do deserve more money. We'll give you some more money. Yeah. I think what's interesting about the Imran Khan Game Informer article from Never February, heard of him. Never heard of him. <laughs> from February is the fact that it seems like that put a pin in that, and I wonder what that did for future stuff. 
Because the fact they're making this announcement now makes it seem like this takes care of all the business up until now, and that's all the business you get from me right now. Right. I wonder if it was that whatever they, their settlement was was like, cool, that's going to be the end. You have to work on the projects you already have versus now this new statement being like, hey, we've made an agreement going forward. We're actually going to have you know the chance to make more Witcher stuff and not piss you off. Right, exactly. Well, who knows? It does, I mean, yeah, to some point it seems like they settled a little bit in the background. Yeah, of course. Uh, even so, though yeah. it was doing good on, on their part to make sure that he was paid, but it was probably just to make sure this didn't get even uglier, I guess, of course. Uh, in the end. but uh, Corrections already. Nanobiologist says Hugh Downs is still alive. He's 98. Great. And I guess you, uh, Nano continues, Fran asked if Barbara Walters is still alive. She is. She is, and she she's is. 90. We I, knew that. I knew she was alive. But and then yeah. Borzin, double zero, corrects me, which I'm very appreciative. He says CD Projekt Red is the development team of the overall company, CD Projekt. Hence why I was like, why do they call themselves CD Projekt now? It's the overall company versus just the developer. Oh, wait, which one's the overall? CG CD Pro- CD Project, Project is. is overall. CD, CD Project, Project Red, Red is, is the, the dev. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so they incorporated at the top or whatever sure. as CD Project, which they're the ones... Don't even worry about it. You yeah, okay. explained it fine. There's no sense trying to read. Don't even bother waiting more into it, Frank. <laughs> on the hook is what I was going to say. Like exactly. The devs are less involved. right? Speaking of being a big name and on the hook, Number two on the rope. <laughs> Great segue. Thank you. Uh, the new Telltale is building a non-crunch work environment. This is Matt Kim at IGN. When LCG Entertainment announced it would be reviving Telltale Games as a new company, there was some confusion. After all, the old Telltale had such a high-profile closure that news of its revival created whiplash among the community and even former employees. The new version of the company understands there might still be frustration over the revival, but says all it can do is build a crunch-free environment and create Telltale-quality content. Quote, these are always hard questions to answer, said Jamie Otley, CEO of LCG Entertainment slash Telltale, when IGN asked how the studio intended to handle a relaunch of a studio that closed when scrutiny of labor practices in the video game industry was at an all-time high, especially since the last Telltale... There's a word missing because of my bad printout. The last telltale was itself partly brought down by a hostile work environment. Quote, all we can do is be forthcoming. We can't control whether critics hear or believe us. The truth is, we are a new company with different ownership and management and a different approach as to how we structure a studio in today's market. However, with the old Telltale name and working on already announced sequel developed by former developers on a new engine that's likely be, or that's being worked on by the former head of the old engine, new Telltale will likely continue to face some confusion over how exactly it will be different from old Telltale. Uh, quote, Of course we're frustrated by people who have suggested this is opportunistic or simply a money grab for the catalog of games without even giving us a chance, Otley says. We have all jumped into this with the intention of standing the company back up and continuing the legacy of telling stories that people want to play. However, most of this was expected, and really all we can do is put our heads down and focus on making great content worthy of the Telltale name. Uh, so as I, you know, was reading through this, I'm like, what is the confusion here, though? There seems to be tons of doubt and mistrust, right. which I understand. But was there, um, do you remember if there was like a larger background for like, like when I read this, it sort of feels like, hey, how, how dare you, you know, restart this studio and give these people jobs again that want to work on some them. of them. Yeah, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. That's the like, biggest Why problem. isn't, so is that where this comes from is why isn't it? holistically the exact same company is that the problem 
it's, you know, it's I don't not know a problem so much. I think it's more the confusion of it that Telltale went away, and in this very specific lens, right, of the crunch stuff that Matt's writing about here, it went away yeah. in the midst of... Well, man, and financial prob- troubles. Sure. It wasn't just sure, the sure, crunch sure. problem. But it, it was, was a financial thing that troubles. it wasn't, a, you know, it was financial. It was the fact that it wasn't run well. It was the fact yeah. that, yeah, there was a crunch culture there. Mm-hmm. And now it is this idea of... They're right now just behind the eight ball. They like there's no way for current and the new telltale right now to win people over with a blanket statement or blanket anything. They need to get out there and prove it, which is one of those things of not knowing Jamie Otley at all, mm-hmm. not having talked to anybody. I know, I know the people from Ad Hoc that are working on Wolf Among Us too, and I know them from yeah, you've met a lot of these right? folks. Mm-hmm. Like I am way more op- optimistic seeing how they've handled and the how they've handled the pressure, the interviews, the statements, and the game announcements since the revival of Telltale, in quotes. But the problem is that, and I guess not the problem, but the one of the reasons I think there's so many weird echoes and pangs here is the fact that every time this stuff happens, you see the former Telltale developers who aren't working at Ad Hoc or mm-hmm. aren't involved at all or have moved on to different things or have their freelance stuff ending talking about, for them... How much salt in the wound it is to see this for them? How you know they were blindsided at uh, Game Awards? I want to make sure. I want to talk about one person in particular, but I want to make sure I have mm-hmm. the information right before I did. Yeah, and I think that you're hitting on a little, a few of the details that I didn't realize actually was that yeah, there's some people that uh, are not part of this and 100%. actually apparently still aren't don't have uh, consistent work coming. Maybe yeah, and, they're still freelancing so, or whatever. So right? they're not getting a deal out of this, although some of what they worked on now is part of what so the company that, bought, and I, I guess I see and more so of that. so that's the thing, right? Like, uh, I'm looking at Jess Krause's Twitter. Jess Krause, uh, a former uh, Telltale employee, she was working on Wolf Among Us 2 when it was at the original Telltale, uh, was part, obviously, the studio closing, lost that job of, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm working on this project I really, really care about, right? And for me, she's been, for me personally, mm-hmm. the thread I followed through to see why this is, right? So, imagine you're in her shoes, right? That you worked on Wolf Among Us 2. You were super excited to make Wolf Among Us 2. Then the rug's pulled out. Your company's gone. Your job's gone. What yeah. the fuck? You're in free fall. You put your life together. She's been doing freelance stuff that I think she talks about in the thread I'm about to read. But everything's fine. She's live tweeting the game awards. Yeah. Just having a great time le- t- tweeting the game, right? Yeah. And she goes, Didn't what? know about this. Yeah, right. On December 12th, uh, whatever the time, or 8.15. Okay. Well, guess I need to play Disco Elysium now. I've been holding off for a while, but now I've got no <laughs> excuse. Hashtag the game awards, right? And then December 12th, 8.22. Fuck. Right? Yeah. December twelfth, uh, eight twenty three. I'm going to fucking cry. Mm. Uh, and then, and then it was like uh, December twelfth, nine thirty. Like this is all happening in real time for her, right? The reveal, the re reveal of her game, yeah. which isn't her game, but is her game, right? Yeah. And not knowing if it is your game. Uh, okay, I've cried on the phone with friends and have had some hot chocolate deep breaths. Mm. Uh, I'm really happy for the guys at Ad Hoc. I know they'll make something amazing since uh, they've all worked on the first season back in the day. They have nothing but my love and well wishes. I'm also very sad for our team, who worked so hard to get our project off the ground after we all lost our jobs. You guys don't even know how hard they worked for it, uh, because we all believe in our little game. Uh, I need to take some time off from social media as a whole for now. I was planning on starting a YouTube uh, archive project for Telltale Games in the new year, but I think I need a little more time. I'm heartbroken for us. I'm happy for the new team. It's complicated. Sending uh, uh, Sending love to all heart. Then her final thing. One more thing before I log off for like two weeks. <laughs> My current contract is up on January twenty fourth. I'm estimating that because of this scope and but I'm, I'm estimating that because of scope and budget reasons, it will most likely not be extended. If anyone has leads on game writing gigs, feel free to DM me. Bye. Right, and then and that was her position on uh, Wolf Among Us. I 
I don't. I'm not Forget, familiar okay. enough with Jess Kerr. But she was on the project, intimately she, involved. She was. And, yes, she yeah. was. The, I think she was one of the people right. on Wolf Among Us Two at Old Telltale. Right. And so, so I, when she says that her contract or project contract thing is up, I don't think she's talking about ad hoc. I don't think she's. Yeah. Talk, no, I assume something else. I think she's talking about a different yeah. game, a different whatever, a different thing she's writing on. She. But my thing is. Yeah. Imagine being well, that, in that place where you were the shepherd of it. You were the face of it. You're getting to make this game oh, you really, yeah. really wanted. It's all discovered. Okay, well, it's time for me to move on with the healing process. And I guess it's like all of a sudden seeing your ex pop up. Yeah, in a for brand, sure. And you thought yeah, exactly. your ex was dead, I guess. Right. It's not yeah. the greatest example. No, I, I know exactly what you mean, though. Like, totally didn't think this was going to be coming back. And y- this was, like, your baby. And you just never thought it was coming back, but then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, and then now you're not you're not included at yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. But That's then the, the other thing, the, the real issue, perhaps being now I more fully understand it as someone who was very important to the project, you know, is not part of it. That ultimately is why I guess now I can see through that lens is why so it, then, it is confusing. It's like, wait, if you wanted to do that, why didn't you just hire? And you see it getting person? tossed and out, it, right? Of like, so might people, be more and, to it. And I can only imagine what it would be like if, you know kind of funny closed or whatever and this is a bad example as I'm like a founder or whatever but kind of funny closed and then all of a sudden it was back and people on Twitter were celebrating kind of funny's back right. and it's like well no I'm not there you know yeah. it's not it's not the same people exactly. not to, and again to what she's saying I think her talking about how complicated it is nails it of mm-hmm. it's not talking shit about ad hoc it's not talking shit about the no. voice actors who are back it's just like you have to understand that like they were ready to put their vision out in the world and yeah. that vision is no longer the vision of this project so when people are still when the wolf among us crowd is so happy that it's back it's awesome yeah but it's still painful it's, for a lot of people exactly and it, that's exactly it and i didn't realize it even per the announcement i mean not that you really would but like it's not exactly the same team that it was yeah. i thought it was pound for pound that. oh no, no and no, I, no. that's why i was a little like this really helped i'm like oh now i see the confusion it really isn't the original team it is people who've worked on it and some of those say, people that's why it's complicated because it's yeah. people from the original wolf among us team yeah. but not the original wolf among us two team well right exactly and maybe some of them are but you know what i mean i'm talking yeah, about i'm sure it's mixed but Pierre i guess that is the them. point it's, it's not pound for pound um i now realize that and can see why both it's emotional if you just weren't in the know and included but also if these people are looking for work it is a darn shame that exactly. it's like well you're making their game that they were yeah is there a way to figure that out still but um these and things so are complicated. And that, and that is what I think, you know, piggybacking off of Matt's story here, where you're talking about like, what's the mm. entire thing is complicated. Where again, I think even, all right, cool. They bought the Telltale name. And I remember their original interviews. And you're like, all right, you guys just seem like suits. I don't know what you are. And again, I don't know them from Adam. Maybe they are still suits. Maybe they don't know what they're doing. But the <laughs> way, the fact that it is, when you think of a Telltale game, you think of it, but I also think of Jank, right? I, 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 when I think of a Telltale game, I think of so many different things in my oh. head of like, Story-based, great narratives, really janky, bad release schedules, blah, blah, blah. Episo- you know, is that what they're going to be? In They're damned if they do, damned if they don't. And a lot, well, not jank. Yeah. But then everything else of like, are, is it going to be a Telltale game the way we expected? Or is it going to be a Telltale game in a different way? And how does that balance out? And how does that net out? And like, until they put out their own game, they have to deal with these questions over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole different discussion i think but it's funny uh, you know i've played uh you know walking dead somewhat back in the days i never actually played a wolf among us Coward. but yeah, i'm very you play batman because batman's out right now They're, they just republished it with a dark in a black and white mode oh nice um but it's very much about the story actually from what i've understood is that by and large is the thing that fans like the most is the writing yeah. and, like it's not i'm not saying it's not a gameplay game. I mean, I'm, that's where I'm going with this. But it's like, yeah, the engines are a little janky, and it's an adventure game, by the way. Do you point and click? And it more is about the writing. And so, to me, like, hopefully, it shouldn't be that hard to figure out an engine, you know, that can support 
um, the vision, but it is going to come down to that special magic of like how the gameplay choices, uh, the the narrative choices, totally. I say, were made. So knowing maybe some of the writers aren't there, we'll the see. But my, my thing is the fact that they're working with Ad Hoc, which is comprised of the best of the best, and I shouldn't say that. That's I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me dial that back. Some of the best people Telltale ever had. I don't yeah. know everybody at Telltale. Let me, but let me ask you this, actually, though, is do you think this was already written and mostly penned? The d- dialogue trees and all before uh, this all closed out. Uh, from what I understand, I mean, it was far along. I don't exactly. know. If it, I don't think all the episodes were written out. No. Oh, was, not all the episodes, right? Yeah, but I think they. I mean, Jess and I think that her team had a like right. a, definitely an arc and knew where they were going yeah. with it. And but, so maybe that work is already, you know, in their hands, right? And that's but that's what I think is not happening. That mm. is not happening. Oh, it's from not what those I understand. Ad- they didn't put those their own thing now. So the well, story could have, but that I think would be a different is grave robbing well. in a lot of ways, right? Like yeah, I don't. And that, and that's, that's why I ask. And I'm that's like, where I, it gets complicated. I don't yeah. think. I, well, actually, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Yeah, maybe the Let details know have if, been published. If there's been a thing of we're starting completely from scratch, I thought right. there was. Yeah, I'm pretty and, sure there was. And this not, is where these no. types of things are complicated. When you are another company, and I brought up this on other Gamescast or another Games Daily, it's like when you buy assets of a company, you'd be surprised, right, that the list of assets are very specific. Okay, um, yes, I'm right. Telltale yeah. is starting from scratch with The Wolf Among Us too. Scotch, so they didn't buy the you know the game code, and it sounds oh, no, like No, they that did, either. but I think what I'm saying for this episode is that they're like, we're not, we're starting, we're not going to use any of the writing from the other things. They want to do this, maybe. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean? Want to do it? Maybe? Well, another. It, I mean, it might be a moot point, but in other words, if they could have just bought all the writing and owned those assets, like sometimes it's. I think more they of do. Fee- they did. They no, bought they did. all. They bought all not- the IP and all the stuff. But I just think like that is <laughs> fucked up, right? To bring in like this half done game, this like or like half done. Not if some of those people are working on it, but I, that is where it gets pretty dicey for never sure. Have everybody. Not yeah, to mention no. that I think why would you? And this is. I'm playing fast and loose here, but yeah. not to mention why, I, how insulting it would be that you can't get everybody. So you bring in a different director and you hand them a half done first script, and they're like, "I don't, I, I don't, right. I'm not a short order cook. I want to, I want to create. I want to learn, learn these things. I want to do this." Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I know that the first, you know, the first one was fairly beloved. So I just hope it holds true to that, though. And you know, without knowing all the details, I think that's where I'm struggling a bit. It's hard to say. Are they going to be able to retain the vision, or did they just buy a label? And even if you know ad hoc has worked on it before, again, like the writing especially is super important. So how how is that going to be represented? If anything, that's the question yeah. I would like to see answered. Maybe it's already out there, but who's writing this, and how I mean, do they it's ad hoc? Right. So it's Pierre who wrote all the Walking Dead stuff and did work on season one. Oh, so I think they're in a great spot. What I was yeah. driving at before is I think again from the announcement, Telltale's back, and it was like you read you're like. Not this quite seems back. like you just is this like a THQ Nordic thing? Well, I'm not insulting THQ Nordic, but just like you're taking this name and what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Whereas they seem to be making the right choices and they are working with the people who made Telltale Super Special. I mean, the only mm-hmm. the, one of the few things what they'd have to get like Harrison Pink and they'd have to go get a, 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 a Sean Vanneman, which oh, you're never yeah, going to yeah, get back. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's way too happy, I'm sure. But like to go get these people, yeah. like you're bringing in the people who did make it special and hopefully taking off that top layer that seemed to be the restrictor on him. So, you know, I mean, it was yep. top-down telltale that made life miserable that drove away the talent. So if you're bringing in people and you're letting them create yeah, the visions they want to create, all right, cool, go for it. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes a lot more sense to me. And it is as simple now, I see, is the way the thing was announced. Maybe a little misleading. They're yeah. not, telltale isn't quite back. Yeah. It's a new Telltale is yeah. back, and it, that message and until got they start confused. putting out their own products, their new games, yeah. what, nobody what knows what that say? means. Yeah, yeah that's so I, It's interesting to see them. I think handle it well, but 
They're going to have to keep taking lumps, I'm sure, for quite some time. Well, that brought me up to speed. Thank you. That's what here. Game I did not know as much about that, obviously. So. Well, no, you only know about if it's running at 60 frames per second. How many <laughs> That's exactly it, baby. Speaking of PC gaming, number three, Stadia is getting achievements, <laughs> right? Yay! I got a PC we'll in the cloud. go with that. I got a PC in the cloud. All now. right. Uh, Stadia tweeted out today, our achievement system is here, and you will now receive notifications when playing on desktop, laptop, and TV. You can view your full <laughs> achievement list on the web, including all the ones you've earned since you began playing playing Stadia, which is great news. So why wouldn't Daniel Bloodworth from Easy Allies tweet <laughs> out this? So Stadia achievements come with some weird caveats. Can't be viewed on mobile browsers or the app. Can't turn notifications off. No overall achievement score that they count towards. I swear, sometimes it feels like Stadia is being made by some weird alien civilization that's trying to reverse engineer modern gaming from scraps and magazine articles. Yeah. It's good news that Stadia is adding more functions. We know we've talked about this all uh, long, you know what I mean? All, uh, all week long, I should say. I left out a word there. Uh, it seems like we've had Stadia in these kind of funny games daily. And it is interesting to see them getting up to speed and getting things people want in there. Yeah. You didn't include what you just read in, though. No, right? that came can in you, late. Sorry, could you read it one more? So sure. let me, yeah, you I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, this is Daniel Bloodworth, of course, Easy Allies, friend of the show. We love them very much. Uh, so great. Stadia achievements come with some weird caveats. Can't be viewed on mobile browsers or the can't. app. Cannot be viewed. Because even Stadia says in their, their, their yeah, Stadia you can't. tweet is notifications when playing on desktop, laptop, and TV. Only desktop, on those. laptop, exactly. and TV. Okay. So Daniel's right here. Can't be viewed on mobile browsers or the app. But it can't even be viewed on a mobile browser, which I, I've tried that before. If you go to stadia.google on your phone, it's yeah. like it, it won't work. Can't turn notifications off. No overall <laughs> achievement score that they count towards. I swear sometimes it feels like Stadia's being made by some weird alien civilization. And then he does this one. Yeah. Popped in to take a look at the achievements, and hey, Metro passed the mom's Wi-Fi test. Seems to be playing as well here as it does at home. Just five minutes after, of course. Gotcha. Just after five minutes, of course. Sorry. Yep. Yeah, it feels, I mean, it feels like we said we were going to do this, so we've added something in. Yeah. But it's not feature complete still. It's but it's better than nothing. So, which... On that latter point, I do think it is a good thing. And, and Stadia's going to go through this. It's going to continue to go through it. Yeah. We said we are going to do this. We did it. I know it's not quite your expectation. We're getting there. We're still building towards years from now, frankly, of I think what, you know, assuming it continues to exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it will. It will. <laughs> they, you know, they have a years-long plan, and we're just getting started. I mean, sure. the, the console race and or the next gen race hasn't even started. So, um, meaning I feel like get ready for it. You're going to get more stuff, and you're like, that doesn't quite work how I thought. Here's it was what going I'd to. like to bring into the table because eventually we're going to get to this question from Frank Furter that involves Epic Game Store. Yeah. When we talked earlier this week, we had this is the third show in a row now where there's been a, a healthy Stadia chunk where we've yeah. talked about it, right? And I would say most have been negative or you know, on the downside. One of the things I saw in response to the Gary, uh, me, Kevin conversation from Wednesday was the idea that we were being too hard on this at, at where it's at now when we give so much leeway to the Epic Game Store for not being feature complete at launch. And I wondered what your take on that was. Because my take on it was that it's a different beast because Epic Game Store, for all intents and purposes, is free. It's a launcher you download, and yeah. it gets you to your game. Whereas exactly. with Stadia, it is the store. idea that right now you are paying $135, right, to get in mm -hmm. and get your controller and get your access and get going. One day, it will kind of be a launcher as well, where you're just getting into, so it would be a different ball of wax, but right now it's not. Yeah, I, I see why it gets uh, hazy, but like that's my first reaction in that you know, Epic Games Store is a store. Yeah. And so the first thing you're going to do is compare it to Steam. But then, yeah, you do get into, I mean, it is your launcher. And in a way, Steam is a platform, right? And so 
I can see why people are comparing it to Stadia in that sense. Um, but but yeah, my thing is like you know, and we'll get to the question still. But they're not they're not the same. Yeah. You know, Stadia is a whole um, three sixty you know experience of like it has to not only sell the games on a storefront, it has to be a platform that works on multiple devices, and so you got to have your friends list and blah blah blah. And like I don't know, I feel like the expectation is much higher there versus you know. I don't know. I guess it's weird because of PC gaming is maybe what I'm getting at is like you can buy, um, you know, a game on uh, uh, what? Like uh, Green Man Gaming or GOG. Yeah. And like you just get that. It's funny. I haven't actually done that, but they're just like they don't have, you know, the full interface. Or you can buy, you know, a game on a Ubisoft launcher versus another thing. Like you can buy Ubisoft games, I think, on EA's origin service, right? And so you only get certain features of what those launchers are. So sure. meaning it's kind of messy on PC where when I think of a console, and that's where I'm trying to go with it. I think of PlayStation and I think of Xbox. And they have a very specific set of features competing with each other. And that's what I expect of Stadia. Yeah. Because that is what it's competing with. So I You think this is a platform. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, well, I a, agree with you, and I'm just that's yeah. why the conversation was. And I think part of it too is because, yeah, you're, you know, there is the vision of plugging in the puck into your TV, you know, and that is as close to, you know, it's a, a bit of a console experience in that sense, and you're using a controller. And so I know it might sound like a cop out. Um, I think all of these services need to compete with each other. Yeah. To be fair, but I, I do think Stadia's held do frankly the much higher bar. Like if it doesn't match PlayStation and Xbox right now, that's your problem, and that's why people are upset. All right, let's get Frankfurter in here. Who wrote into patreon.com slash games just like you can to get the content ad-free and ask questions and be part of the show and squad up. It's a great time. You get to watch Gamescast. Have some fun. Participate. Frankfurter says, good morning, Greg and Fran. Good Stadia news. They are na- they now have achievements on their platform, although they are not pretty, <laughs> in which you need to open another tab to view them, but it's still something. On the one hand, the Epic Game Store still seems to be lacking in this department and still hasn't done a lot of quality of life updates, such as simply having a shopping cart. Do you think that Epic is now going to be in a rush to get these features that almost all, if not all, other platforms already have? Yeah. And my quick answer was no, because of it's not the same uh, platform. And like Epic is worried about Steam, and they're worried about developers selling their games on that platform. That's not to say that they don't care about this yeah. stuff. But well, and that was the thing is yesterday we had the uh, Epic Game Store in the Roper Report, right? Because they did add some stuff in there. They did start knocking it off. And if this would just scroll, I can re- read it to you. Yeah, yeah. It's funny they launched know. coupons for the first time. They redid the mm-hmm. library grid and po- they polished it. They yeah. storefront optimized. Then development in progress is the critic reviews and the wish list stuff. Yeah. The thing I have here is comparing these, and granted, Epic Game Store, even though while new as well, has been around longer than Stadia. So it's not apples to apples in that one. But what I appreciate so much about Epic Game Store, and again, as I've pointed out every time we talk about it, I am an outsider. I just read, I see what I read, and you know, yeah. I'm not using it often, is the fact that they have that Trello where they're talking about what is coming, what they're working on, how they're going. Stadia continues to be, granted, what, a month in? continues to struggle with communication whether it's what we talked about yesterday with the community subreddit thread that like got out of control because they popped in and said nothing to report and the community's like here's everything you should have said or if it is the fact that out of the blue today achievements dropped out of the blue you know the other week or last week right or earlier this week got borderlands 3 dropped it's crazy that they're not signposting this stuff more and saying where they are with the ios app is this far out or and even like roughly i mean you know yeah we don't know 90 day plan 
That the fact that you don't have that, you have no clarity, makes it seem like they're not. They don't know what they're doing, yeah. and makes it seem like this stuff is like just going live out of the blue. Oh, on the fly. dude, we're driving in a blizzard with Stadia. That right. is the you're like I don't know where we're going. Like roughly, it's this way, but I have no idea like how far, how long we have to go. And I, I agree with that. And that's but trouble, right? It is. But to me, again, it, actually, I'll just say to me, very matter of factly, Epic and Tim Sweeney could not care any less about. Who cares if Stadia adds achievements because you can't buy a PC game on Stadia. Yeah. That's why it doesn't matter to them. There's no competition with that. It is a platform. So, and and like that's I think to, that boils it down for me better is like it's PlayStation and Xbox that have to potentially worry right now. That could yeah. change in the future, but like Epic isn't a cloud streaming platform. Epic sells PC games. Um to be feature complete, of course, across all the stuff, I do think is important, and people look at each other. But yeah, there's just no direct thing there. So what I'm saying, yeah, I wouldn't expect achievements any sooner on the Epic Game yeah. Store because no, of this. But I would hope that um, that just Epic is is caring about those features enough to get them in this pipeline. Like uh, you mentioned the Trello, and like I'm not sure if they're in there and like when they might be coming. Um, so we we could look, but. Um, uh, what I was going to mention too is all the features you named, Greg, are so like store driven, you know. So I, unfortunately, I think that's where we see their focus is right. It's like adding search and the library grid looks better and so on. It's been less focused on being, you know, that platform and the launcher. But um, now you you worked at IGN after I was fired. Yeah. Um, <laughs> after you're fired, right? <laughs> Can I search Trello? Because there's a lot of stuff going on in Trello here. Um, it's because up next th they got a storefront discover, storefront browse, storefront curated collections, trending. You found it. Reviews, Wait, yeah. are you searching Wish Trello? List. Yeah, I put Epic Games Trello and it pops in. Oh, yeah. You, you it. found it? Yeah. And you so I, oh, you, uh, you know, it's funny. You can search, but only if you're logged in. So maybe we can't as, um, so then if what I'm saying, you wanted to find like if you were, you were are. asking about where, uh, achievements. Oh, there they are. The achievements are it? on future development, but just I don't, future. Yeah. So there's no date on it. You okay, hold on. Epic Bits moved this card from long-term about six months to future development. Okay. Well, we, we should put the... Uh, if so I think that's beyond six months is what that means. If beyond. you moved it from, from long-term to future development, then yeah, it's got to be... So we're seeing, but that's one of the features that yeah we don't know about as good as this Trello is in terms of understanding maybe a little by by far hey, compared you to see Stadia what, you understand by, like what's going on right by far it looks like it's really happening um, where Stadia is I think still very confusing but um we can put the you know kind of funny dot com slash you're wrong if you figure out more about this we'd love to know yeah yeah. I'd like achievements on Epic Game Store, I guess. I mean, I was trying to think of what else there was really to say on that. Um, but I know you love uh, you know, trophies, achievements yeah. and trophies. Yeah. And, like, I actually don't care about them as much. I honestly but, feel but like there's I'm, I'm such – I think I, Greg Miller, and the people who are listening to this right now and actually really, really care about yeah. it are such a small portion of gamers – we're such a small percentile that I just don't think. Yeah, but that's why Epic isn't rushing for it because it's like exactly. But that's what? not that it isn't a very needed feature because you guys are so engaged and like sure. yeah, you're literally playing games you would never touch otherwise. And like it, it's really awesome that people do that. But and I know people love like the the features on Steam, and I don't mean to discount that. But I was just giving you the personal DNA where I'm like I'm not missing them. I just want the store to or not the store, but just as a launcher and uh, supporting all the controllers and so on. Friends list being better and and whatnot. Mm. Um, that's where I want to see it improve. Okay. Number four on the Roper Report. Let's talk about creative freedom and Microsoft. Mm. This is Jordan Ramey over, or Ramey? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, at GameSpot. 
Uh, Compulsion Games isn't worried about losing creative freedom under Microsoft's banner as part of Xbox Game Studios. The development team behind We Happy Few actually asserts that the Microsoft acquisition has afforded them the chance to more easily focus on the studio's future. Quote, that's actually removed a lot of the focus from finding where we're going to find the next paycheck to actually concentrating on what it is or what is it that we need to do to make great games, says the founder and creative director uh, Guillermo Provost. Uh, said in The Cost of Joy, a documentary recounting the history of Compulsion Games. Quote, I can be more forward-looking to what we actually need in order to actually succeed. And there's a huge difference from having a big backer like Microsoft that's allowing us our creative space and our creative freedom from being an independent developer that's starving all the time and looking for money. Build the team not just for the next game, but for the next series of games. Trying to maintain creativity inside an organization like Microsoft is not as hard as people think, producer Sam Abbott said. It's really just about having a leadership group inside Microsoft that understands the value of creativity and creative games. Uh, community developer uh, Nalia Hajaz added, quote, We have been told to keep making really weird, just different things. So, on the creative standpoint, it's just been all positive, end quote. Yep. Hell yeah. I don't, yeah, like, I don't uh, question this for a second, actually, um, because I feel like, especially with where Microsoft's at, they've been acquiring studios, and um, they're just in that spot. They need to obviously have a plan, but I think they want to buy very talented people, and yeah, let them dream. Yeah. Um, and I think also, if you look at, like, Obsidian recently, like, seeing their announcement of uh, Grounded, like, yeah, a yeah. very unexpected, like, you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids yeah, looking yeah, yeah. thing, Weird, and I was like, like thing, yeah. yeah, I was like, yeah. where did this come from? And maybe that IP was already in development, but the point is, I don't, when I look at it, I'm not sure I think of Xbox Series X, and you look at the stuff they showed Forza and FIFA and Halo, and it's this very edgy look, but then you have like grounded and like I think they realize like, you know, these are very talented people. And so I I don't question it for a second. No, and totally. And I think again, it's one of those obviously the proof in the pudding when these games start coming out, but mm -hmm. for what Phil and his team over there have been doing, as much as I believe in what they've been doing, this is what you want to hear. Especially coming off the back of the PlayStation 4 life cycle, where PlayStation has succeeded by letting their first party studios make games that yeah. Maybe I, aren't weird to this extent because obviously I think they're making more bigger AAA stuff than what Compulsion probably has the capability sure. at the moment to do. But like for Sucker Punch not to be forced to make another Infamous. All right, cool. You want to make this weird ninja game? Yeah. All right, cool. Like it's gonna you know maybe Sa the, uh, Samurai, maybe this weird Samurai game. Yeah. Yeah, and you see the same thing I think with like Days Gone in that too, sure. right? Where it's like, wow, we like, already got a zombie game, but sure, go ahead and make it. Sure, we will take yeah. another one. You know, yeah. and it's been really uh, great to see people be able to do that. I mean, you still have to get stuff approved, and sure, of course, that's not gonna. But not if your team believes in it, and you believe in it. Yeah. right? that's what you want to hear. You want to see that stuff because that'll be what sets them apart. Is that they have unique experiences on it. Yep. Yeah, yeah it seems like they're very open to all this stuff. Stuff, so can't wait to see what the team does. And then finally on the road report, number five, Redbox is done renting games, but you can buy them right now for dirt cheap from them. This is Janae Sitzes over at GameSpot. Uh, game rentals have been dying for a while now, but some services like Redbox have let you hold on to a game for a few days, then give it a back, give it back for a free. I think she means a fee. Though. Not anymore, however. The company announced earlier this month it has stopped offering game rentals at its many kiosks nationwide. It'll still offer movie rentals, however. In fact, it looks like Redbox is trying to get rid of all of its games, and you might be able to gain, a, gain from their loss. In a recent tweet, Redbox customer service explained the decision to stop renting games was made after evaluating changes in the industry, which led it to shift its full focus to physical movies, which uh, is the bulk of its business anyway. 
Redbox is clearing out its stock of games with a massive game sale with some of the best prices available online, including Marvel Spider-Man for $10, Death Stranding for just $25, and Call of Duty Modern Warfare for $30. Most of the prices aren't immediately visible, as you'll need to enter your zip code to see if there's stock near you. That's great. It is, yeah. I mean, like, for, I mean, like, first I, mean off, I can't believe Redbox is still around. I haven't, you know, my grocery store doesn't have it, so I haven't seen it in years. But hey, cool that it's still there, and awesome now you can go over there and get a whole bunch of cool games. Yeah, I guess so. It's funny. I get. Uh, I was like, yeah, it's it's cool. They're not doing this anymore. Actually, I don't know. I I come from, and, and I think you do too. Like we rented games, like oh, yeah. so many as kids, and it was so I think important to where we are even today. But um, you know, I always game rentals create an issue, especially in resale of like yeah. developers getting you know the value on the games. Like we've even seen. You know, those issues, you know, more long in the past of when digital sales weren't around as much. But, like, a game could have been played a lot, but they wouldn't have been able to track it totally. and so on. So, I don't know. I generally, um, we need better solutions for this. But, I mean, I guess I'm happy that, like, just go buy the games. games and, yeah. I don't know. It, that's a, it's a tall order, though. These games are expensive in the first place. So, um, I don't know. How do you feel about uh, rental games, period? Like, I think rental games are as we talk about brick and mortar falling away, even the rental problem, I remember when we were at IGN, I remember the PS3, like that was an ongoing, or PS3 generation, I should mm-hmm. say, when we were there, you know, 2007, 2008, an ongoing discussion about how dangerous that was and how, you know, it was eating into sales and how it was affecting it. Right. And how borrowing games and game trading and like how you could game trade with PSN. Blah, blah. I feel like all of that has netted itself out to where it really wasn't, it really isn't a problem anymore. It was back then, but even like you, That's we talk fair. about how we were growing up. Of I remember going to Blockbuster all the time to rent stuff. It was the idea that right, whatever, what maybe they had three copies of the game, the hottest game. Yeah. So is it really eating into it that much? I think as we've seen, as you expected too. That's fair. Removing the barriers to entry, whether it be you know getting into the car to go to a Blockbuster or go to a GameStop, even had in the increase in digital sales that have gone gangbusters and exploded. It's there because it's so easy. So it is that easy for someone to jump on there and do it. Let alone the fact that, what Fortnite's the biggest game going and it's free, right? Like I think you look at you talk about kids getting into games. Kids are doing more and more and playing more games, or they're playing fewer games but playing games for longer amounts of time. Yeah, where it is that you go into Fortnite and you start chipping away and spending money there on microtransactions, right? Or yeah. you're in, you're still playing Minecraft, you know, a decade later. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's way more competition in the free games market. Yeah, um, so it's still kind of settling out. But I mean, it's the same idea of like you know having to go to the theater to watch the movie. Yeah, um, like technically we could all just watch that in our home. There's nothing stopping Hollywood from doing that. Do it, Hollywood. Other do than, it. I know, we would do it. If they, if they did that, I'd rent Cats tonight, sure. Exactly. <laughs> but I, am I going to see Cats in the theater? Not a chance of oh, hell. I know. I need a full bottle of bourbon next yeah, to yeah. me, not just a <laughs> cup or two. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, meaning it is still the issue of are you going to make enough money at full sale versus rental and so on. But anyway, the point is these are really great deals. I Just for science purposes, I decided to punch in our zip code around here. I was like, Death Stranding. How are we doing? There's like a lot of copies, actually. There's at least like five or six that I see in my zip code. And like, yeah, one of them's like Walgreens indoor. For the record, this might be one of those very much uh, Tim Getty schemey things. <laughs> Find out how much GameStop is buying Spider-Man back for. Then... Go buy all this. If it's cheaper, buy so Spider Man for ten bucks. Profit. <laughs> yeah, right. go return it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Rolling it. <laughs> oh That's man, I like this. That's how Tim used to do it. That's pretty- uh, he's a, a grifter. Qu- he's gonna he grift. He's a big time grifter. Right. Uh, Joseph Maloney wrote in about this one. <laughs> patreoncom slash games and says, "Hey Greg, I need some help. My daughter is five and I'm trying to get her into gaming. She's played the Switch a few times and so far enjoyed it." 
I told her to make a list for Santa of the things she might want this year, like video games, hoping she might take the hint. When she gave me the letter, I was shocked to see her request to Santa. Dear Santa, if there's only one thing I want for Christmas, but that's so far away, if I wanted to know what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Final out today of the year, everybody. Uh, the Lego Group takes players on an epic adventure in Lego Builder's Journey, available now exclusively on Apple Arcade. Lego mm. Builder's Journey is the debut title from Lightbrick, a new internal Lego game studio. I haven't looked at it, but it's free if you got Apple Arcade, so who cares? It's free. Cold Silence, Xbox One. Airy, Xbox One. 60 Parsecs, Switch. <laughs> uh, Farable, Switch. Dream Ball, PS4. Uh, Soccer Pinball, PS4. The Inner Friend, PS4. Unit 4, PS4. Future Pool, PC. One-Eyed Lee and the Dinner Party on PC. You know, I want to see a trailer. Yep. Oh, geez. Oh, no. My rabbits are gone, PC. OK Boomer on PC. Nice turnaround in that title, everybody. Uh, the Sword, <laughs> PC. Necro Wars, PC. Jedi, Fallen Order gets a patch. What does it include, you might say? Well, let's read from the Reddit post. We've updated Cal, so he's more responsive during combat. This change, in, this change includes tweaks to stagger reactions, kicks, flybacks, staff parry, and sprint attacks. Fixed an issue that would cause ledge grabs and climbing to sometimes behave incorrectly, which is a huge problem. Thank you for that. Fixed an issue that would cause... Oh, no, sorry. Fixed an audio issue that would sometimes cause sound effects to play in an incorrect order. Uh, multiple collision fixes. BD1 would sometimes not scan one of the villagers. They figured that out. Terrarium sometimes wasn't a very nurturing environment, preventing seeds from growing. It should now huh. give your plants the love and care they deserve, encouraging them to grow. <laughs> Uh, general stability improvements. Kevin, you got the trailer here. This is, of course, sure. One-Eyed Lee and the Dinner Party on PC. Let's take a look. This is the one you chose. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I want to see who One-Eyed Lee is, you know? Okay, I'm holding on. Here, it's very picturesque. Storybook. A potential cure to save a village from collapse maybe deep underground. Deep down underground. Save a village. Baracus. He's reading. Lee with one eye. It's a, The hair's blocking the other eye. Do you think Lee has a second eye, or do you think it's just covered? Wait, did Lee have a period in the name and Baracus didn't? <laughs> no, this just looks like Lee. Run. What's, is there, what's the gameplay here, One-Eyed Lee? We're just watching illustrations I'm right gonna read now, some instead of what resides here. Tis the season of... Oh, it's a, a family of cultists. cultists. They're all, all right, skeleton turn it off. I'm already done. I don't care. Yeah, Tis the season of comfort, game. joy, and second chances. Uh, PlayStation's putting up the medieval short-lived demo once again. Uh, it has additional content this time. If you get the free download, you can claim Sir Dan's helmet uh, as an item for your game. Uh, traverse the graveyard and hilltop mausoleum and fight your way to the stained glass demon. Are you up for restoring some cheer to the kingdom this holiday? And then new dates for you. Uh, Bleeding Edge closed beta is going to be on February 14th. That's right, Valentine's Day. You can go to uh, the uh, Xbox Wire right now. Mm -hmm. Get entered into that. And then Elon Musk tweeted, Tesla yeah. holiday software update has FSD sneak preview. Don't know what that means. Stardew Valley. Faster than light. You can play it on your... No. Uh, lost backgammon and a few other things. Basically, I'm joking around that Tesla is now has Stardew Valley in the car as well. So Joey and my wife, Jen, need to get a Tesla now. So they can nice. Greg, you know, uh, you saw 60 Parsecs was on that list? Yeah. You know the symbol for Parsecs is? No. PC, baby. You can't escape it. I can't, apparently. Facts. You know what I mean? I was trying to remember how much a parsec was. I definitely That's did always not the know. thing from the, I the did. Star Wars. Yeah, they were, for, but it's, it's, it's a crazy of unit of measurements. It. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Believe it or not, I got some deals of the day for you. 
Uh, Twinfinite reports that a lot of the Final Fantasy mobile games are on sale, so if you're one of those folks, go out there. Then, Twitch Prime dropped a whole bunch of loot. Yeah, If you did. didn't know, if you have Amazon Prime, lot. you have Twitch Prime, which, of course, gets you a whole bunch of free loot and a free 30-day subscription you have to give away. It does not auto-renew. You need to remember to yeah. give it to people like Fran, FM3 underscore, or Kind of Funny, kind of funny games. games. We'd appreciate it if you did it to either of us. Fran streams a lot. Are you stream a lot during the holiday? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Unless I decide to just up and go somewhere. It's always on my mind. Sure. But I'm planning on doing a lot of streaming. We got a lot of catching up to do before our game of the year discussion. Oh, I know, a lot of stuff. Uh, I got to turn on Jen's PC. Oh, God, I got to yeah. go download stuff too. But uh, head to, I don't know if you said it, Twitch TV slash Prime. As long as your accounts are linked, should be the easy place. Oh, to I always just say Google it because if you just put in Google, Twitch Prime, it'll take you there and you can link it all together. That works. But yeah, too. Twitch Prime Google. loot. Uh, the loot net right now that is up, you can go get. You can go get a new Apex Legends skin. Borderlands 3, you can jump in there and you can get three golden it. keys and the Caster Blaster weapon trinket. I got mm-hmm. it last night, a little purple TV. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Online has free access to Pixel Pete's Arcade property for all your Diamond Casino heist needs. Uh, and they also get 10% off all in game wide discounts and a 15% off in game currency perch. Red Dead Online has also has some Twitch Prime loot. You can claim the polished copper still upgrade uh, for the Moonshine property in Red Dead Online to brew stronger batches of Moonshine and improve Man. your bar. You also get a collector's fun, bag for free to begin your path uh, as a collector. Uh, Prime members also get a 10% off all game-wide discounts and in-game currency purchase of gold. Let's go. And then available December 26th through the 31st, Prime members can claim five extra free games with Prime. Uh, Devolver Digital Favorites, Enter the Gungeon, Ape Out, Witch Eye, Heave Ho, and Gato Robato. Uh, that's on top of this month's other free games with Prime. Hugh Hover, Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter, Toe Jam and Earl Back in the Groove, and Ski Lifts Go Wrong for a total of 10 free games this month. That's good stuff. Get, just getting Ape Out like for free alone is I think, a great honestly, game. I forget about Twitch yeah, Prime great, but... uh, outside of the free subscription. The all the time yeah like yesterday when it, this broke about the borderland stuff i was like oh crap if i did i miss it it was like oh yeah it's today. like oh, okay cool if only there was a show we could have mentioned that on or something like that so. well no it came <laughs> afterwards came yeah. oh you mean the borderland show yeah yeah i was joking it whatever, whatever. like it's twitch stuff you know exactly. nobody cares about, nobody twitch. Cares about they twitch. Just twitch stream it's, there every night dead you know what i mean <laughs> uh, now it's time for reader mail you can write into patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads greg way this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by Third Love. Third Love does bras differently. They believe that every woman deserves to feel comfortable and confident every day with the right kind of support. They help her do this. Their bras are designed to fit you, not the other way around. They're designed with measurements from millions of women's. Their bra styles are made to fit your life. They have over 80 bra sizes, but know that the most important one is yours. Uh, they make bras we believe in. Of course, kind of honeys are wearing their uh, Third Love bras. Every bra is backed by the perfect fit promise. 60 days to wash it, wear it, and if you don't love it, returns are free and easy. Plus, they donate your bra after they wash it to a woman in need. Every bra is made for your comfort with mem- memory foam cups, no-slip straps, and smooth, scratch-free band with a printed label. Uh, and as I said, they donate all their stuff, so that's great. Everybody loves that. Uh, you should do it because the Fit Finder quiz is fun. You should do it because the uh, returns are free and easy, and their fit stylists are always available to help via chat or email. Uh, Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they are offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com games now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15 percent off your first purchase that's thirdlove.com slash games for 15 percent off today up next is upstart as most of us have found out the hard way getting into debt is easy getting out is hard especially if your credit score isn't great thankfully now there's upstart.com the revolutionary lending platform that knows you're more than just your credit score and offers smarter interest rates to help pay off high interest credit card debt 
You know it. Kevin knows it. Fran knows it. When I moved here to San Francisco, I had to take out a loan. I got a bad interest rate because they took none of my personal information into effect. But Upstart goes beyond the traditional credit score when assessing your credit worthiness. They actually reward you based on your education and job history in the form of a smarter interest rate. Upstart believes you're more than just a credit score. They believe in you. They make it fast, simple, and easy to check your rate in just a few minutes. And the best part, once the loan is approved and accepted, most people get their funds the very next business day. Over 300,000 people have used Upstart to pay off credit cards and meet their financial goals. Free yourself from the burden of high-interest credit card debt by consolidating everything into one monthly payment with Upstart. See why Upstart is ranked number one in their category with over 300 businesses on Trustpilot. Hurry to upstart.com slash kfgames to find out how low your Upstart rate is. Checking your rate takes only a few minutes, and it won't affect your credit. That's upstart.com slash kfgames. And finally, it's Logitech. Uh, We're talking about the Pro X headset from Logitech G. I don't even need the ad because I use it. I talk about it all week, right? That oh, I plugs into my controller on the PlayStation 4, so I sit there. I can play Borderlands. Fran doesn't talk to me. But if he did <laughs> talk to me because he used it, uh, I would be using that blue microphone with all noise-canceling stuff, and it would be awesome, the stuff that Tim knows about. The headsets are great. It's surround sound. It's awesome. But as I've been talking about, I use it for games, but then I also plug it into my computer. Yesterday, I did a VO audition for a video game, came in here, plugged it right in, recorded it, sounded as good as our microphones, sent it off. That's the power of Logitech G, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's designed in collaboration with and for bro, pro, bro, pro gamers for advanced comms and precision audio. Uh, version 2.0 takes 7.1 channel surround sound further than ever with enhanced bass rendering, audio clarity, and proximity cues. Uh, pro X joins a complete setup of Logitech G gear developed in close collaboration with top esports pros like Fran uh, with Logitech G's uh, most advanced tech and focused design. Nothing gets in the way of winning. For a limited time, Logitech G is offering our listeners 10% off any of their project, project products at logitechg.com use the code kfgames for 10% off today that's 10% off all logitech g products if you purchase from logitechg.com with the code kfgames first question fran yep comes from the one and only stale savior he she wrote in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and said so with Nintendo sending out their own 2019 in review emails, what were you guys' most played games of 2019? Fire Emblem Three Houses dominated my playtime, but I haven't touched it since my second playthrough. Did you guys have games uh, with more replay value, or did you spend tons of time enjoying the story of one game? Fran, Steve Saylor wants to know this question. Mm-hmm. They asked it to us. What is your pick? What, 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 when you got your Nintendo yeah. year in review, of course, switch.nintendo.com slash year-in-review. You can check your own. Uh, what was your most played game? Destiny 2. Wow, didn't realize <laughs> that a- game. <laughs> didn't realize Seeing how awake you were this yeah, morning. Yeah, I'm on it. Uh, it. Actually, it was Smash Brothers. And what I should say, right, is the joke partly being there is I just played so much Destiny obviously this year sure. Borderlands Division 2 oh, yeah. all these games that didn't come to Switch I think it would have been much more interesting had a lot of that been on Switch yeah. um, but because of that it was by and far Smash Bros because it had just come out you yeah. know in December I was still cooking on it in January yeah, for me, it was Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. <laughs> yeah. I think I have like 65 plus or 70 You're plus, whatever. The, I, when, you look person, at the, when you look at the inside of it, you know how it yeah. tells you on your profile. Have you played that lately? Uh, last, I, I like, turned it on the other or? day when I was writing my Giant Bomb thing. Spoilers is going to be in there. And mm-hmm. I needed to see like, oh, what do they call this? And I, there's so much more content. I haven't dropped yeah. it or I haven't played it since they put in the expansion with the Marvel Knight stuff. And I'm like, crap. And now X-Men are coming out in a couple weeks. It's like, yeah. Nice. So much good stuff to play. Um... That's one I didn't prep you for. I don't I want to take you that way. You know what I mean? So I'm yeah. I'll just do no comment if I don't like it. No comment. 
<laughs> oh, wow, you don't know the question. You're saying no comment. You yeah. know what I mean? Ah, oh, fine, I'm going to do it. Nanobiologist wrote in with a whole bunch of stuff and said, hey, Now it's Frank, nano, forget it. We're almost done with <laughs> 2020, so I have some quick questions to cap it all off. Uh, number one, what was the game from the 2010s that you didn't expect you'd like, but also pushed you to get in a new game genre you didn't try before? When you think, I, I mean, biggest surprise, I think, honestly, is really what that comes down to. So you want me to remember games from 2010? That's the when, pro- well, from the last decade is what he's saying. Oh, he's from, from the, the last decade. It's, it's one of these, it's, oh. everything's ending, it's 2020, yada, Sorry. yada, yada. Where would you put it? You know what I mean? The 2010s, I thought it was strictly 2010s. I was like, what is this question? Uh, that you didn't expect but pushed you into a new genre that you didn't try before. Hmm, I'm a simple man. I feel like I've been playing so many different types of games for a long time that I I didn't really do that. But um, honestly, I will throw out... Actually, wait, um, Fort, Fortnite, in two ways. Fortnite, for sure, and not because I don't like shooters and stuff. I clearly do, but like I don't know. I normally, in the past, wouldn't have been into those types of games. People yeah. don't know this because all I talk about is Borderlands and Division and Destiny, and they think that's the type of gamer I am, but the reality is I'm a Breath of the Wild. I'm a God of War. You used to be all um, Nintendo. Yeah, and I, I like, yeah, I mean, exactly. Any Nintendo game. I am a Fire Emblem guy and so on. So I, I love... Too many types of games now. So anyway, that stuck out to me, but uh, not so shockingly. Destiny, PvP, and I would point out that I've never just been exceptional in PvP. Uh, I got into stuff like Battlefield and not really ever Call of Duty. But anyway, when I picked up Destiny PvP, sure. which was in 2014, yeah, yeah. and I got into it in 2015, and there was this mode called Trials of Osiris, I never thought that I would be like really get into PvP again, but that brought me back to it. So I don't know if those examples It's just such, it's such a, uh, a decade, right, to talk so about the games many. that have happened and what you did. Like I, My first reaction obviously was, not obviously, my first reaction was Persona 4 Golden. But mm. even that doesn't count because I guess I liked Persona 3 uh, before then. But even then, I, I kind of can loop that in of like Persona 4 Golden. I guess no. Persona 3 would have been before then. Yeah. And that wouldn't have been. When, when did Persona 3 drop? Oh, gosh. I don't know. I'll let you Google that hold one. On, hold on. Persona. I was looking through like all Because I mean, you know, Jeff Haynes. Decade. I can see him handing me the copy. So like when. Yeah, and yeah, I started, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no. Way, way before then. So yeah. I'm, then I was going to say Persona 4 got me. It was a JRPG I adored, but I love Persona 3. So the answer, of course, is a very simple one. And uh, you should have all seen it coming. DC Universe Online. An MMO. I had never played yeah. an MMO before. Oh, wow. So okay. I had never done that before. I had never been part of a, you know, a league for them, but a guild. I would never had that kind of experience. I'd never raided. I'd never done any of that. And obviously 900 hours later, like it, you know, definitely probably is the game that, you know, defined the decade in terms of like the biggest change for me, especially not wanting yeah. to play multiplayer games the most. Like that is the gateway drug that gets me into being excited for the division, the division two borderlands three, you know, yeah. all the different things we've done here and played. Yep. Yeah. And it's funny that destiny was that for me. I've, I guess part of it is I've just played so many different types of games. Not that I do that regularly, but meaning I'm pretty open. Like even as as an example, right? Like I really enjoyed um, Gone Home when it came out. It oh, was yeah. great. Yeah. Um, but I, I've always I, I'm always into stuff like that. I just can't make the time for it. Yeah. So I, I don't feel like there's a category. There's probably a few, but there's not too many categories that I'm not open to. In other words, you know. Yeah. So, I do know. We've been I doing do. this a long time. You we, know, we're old people. Yeah. You know, when Vic <laughs> was on here yesterday talking about 25 years, it's like, oh lord, we're yeah. Um, and then I'm going to do his last one. What are you looking forward to the most from the next decade that either, you either hope is announced or has been announced? Is this like a game franchise? I guess is and what it, we're doing well, with you, this. You interpret it however you want. In the next decade, what do I look forward to the most? Which clearly that's not announced. Time capsule. Yeah. <sighs> 
I mean, my easy answer is, I mean, it's it's in the near future-ish, but uh, Metroid Prime 4. Oh, wow, okay. I'm just like, Super Metroid was one of the first games that really just, I was like, oh my gosh, you know? And yeah. um, so certainly that one stands out. And then I think beyond that is yep. seeing, um, I don't know what the game is, but seeing what Fortnite is doing with live events, and I keep bringing this up of, imagine that starts hitting, you know, uh, adventure, action adventure type games like yeah. Breath of the Wild, you know, imagine that suddenly, you know, you find out there's a big event coming and the world's going to change, even though the next Breath of the Wild's not out. And it's like seeing that come to some big franchise, you know, it really hasn't been done yet. Uh, yeah. Whatever that is, I'm super excited to see that. In the immediacy, I think the answer for me is obviously next gen. I can't wait to see yeah. what PlayStation 5, Xbox, sure. uh, Xbox, uh, and Stadia and all the in the X Cloud. What does that look like? I'm, I'm fucking juice to see what a year from now looks like and wh what games are at what these systems look like how is it netting out who's on top what's going on yeah to think about what's, what in 2029 like when we look back like it's impossible but that's what i'm excited about yeah like think about how where we are right now you know at the end of the playstation 4 xbox one life cycle we're really like remember at the end of the ps3 360 you're like man fucking consoles are dying you're right this isn't gonna be a thing <laughs> yeah yeah like we were in such a different place then let alone where we are now like we wouldn't have i mean we saw Obviously, Twitch was happening and live streaming was happening. That's why they put it in the systems. But I mean, like at the start of the PS3, they weren't right. Justin TV might have been going, but we weren't yeah. like like the industry has changed so dramatically. The yeah. fact that we don't work at IGN, <laughs> that yeah. we're here doing this thing and we're able to be supported, like what does yeah. that look like? Is that still something that can happen in 2029? Yeah, yeah. To your point, I think so much is tied to the technology. So like, easy yeah. answer is what you said: the next gen or yeah. cloud gaming, which has been you know. Uh, sought after it's the white whale for a dec yeah. over a decade easily yeah. if not more and so we're within reach of it now so to think about the next one that's really the one um even though right now our relation to cloud gaming is like i don't know you know but i i seven do years know. from now when, there. Yeah, by yeah. The way, when we all are on 5g and it we get or reception going off and we're living under bridges yeah but yeah <laughs> That is the dark alternate. If you just store yeah. games on your phone, at either the very we're playing least, the games or beam door eyeballs, or we're all fucking digging for get worms that USB generator yeah. ready, or you're gonna be <laughs> screwed, man. <laughs> uh, Borzin double zero and Blackjack want to take us home with uh, look back questions. Borzin, not even questions, comments. Borzin zero zero writes in and says, "Good morning, Greg and Fran. I just want to say what a year it has been for me personally, and KFGD has been with me every more moment of the way. Without this show and what you guys do, I never would have gone from a background member to doing a lot." of what I do now. Whether it be a PC dork with the TurboTax, Destiny 2, clan with other best friends with Frankfurter, or meeting up with the nanobiologist every time he is in town, or breaking out of my shell and seeing other best friends around the KC area, it would not have been possible without asking my first question. I want everyone to know watching this show, you could be me the new me next year. Now I'm not hanging up my no, I'm not hanging up my cape or anything <laughs> like that. But over the next week, decide for yourself to take that first step and have a 2020 like my 2019. I can't wait to see you all the next time, or I can't wait to see you all next year and maybe see some new faces and names as well. Borzen Double Zero. Borzen, yes. thank you so much for being a best Very friend kind. this year. You've been fantastic at writing questions. Thank you for coming up. Thank you for reaching out to everybody. Of course, yeah, 2020 is the same exact thing we were just saying of like. Talking about where I can't wait to see where the generations are next year, the consoles are. I can't wait to see where we are. Yeah. If you haven't noticed, everything in kind of funny light land changes. A month is two, three, four months. You know exactly. I mean? like everything changes in a heartbeat here. Yeah. 
Will France still be here? Who knows? Who knows? As long as I don't get on Greg's bad side, I got to get on that PlayStation 4 and play some games with him. Blackjack writes in to patreon.com slash games and says, Hey, Greg and Fran, happy holidays. I wanted to write in to congratulate you, Greg, and all your other co-hosts on another amazing year of Kind of Funny Games Daily. I think sometimes when you do a daily show, you get so bogged down in the routine of it that you don't get a chance to look back and reflect. The show has grown tremendously this year. Each co-host brings a unique perspective and energy, especially Fran Lowell, to their game's coverage. You have a unique energy. Yeah, I get it. Okay. All the guest hosts you've had <laughs> blended into the show perfectly, uh, pretty seamlessly, which isn't easy with all the jingles and catchphrases. It's become a staple of my daily routine, and I can't wait to see what kind of funny games 4.0 has in store for 2020. Love you all. P.S. Today is my birthday, and usually Kind of Funny Live programming is done for the year. Instead, I get to celebrate the last day of the Kind of Funny year with all of you and the best friends, Blackjack. Hey, happy birthday, Blackjack. Happy birthday, Blackjack. And again, thank you for your support, too. Yeah. You've been uh, incredible. Everybody's been incredible this yeah. year. He's been producing shows all year, that guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Love the support of that yeah. guy. Thank you all for your support, whether it is going to patreon.com slash games, whether it is downloading the show and listening to it on your tractor, whether it is... <laughs> Not believing the sirens are on your end. Yeah. <laughs> it means a lot Sometimes to they are. <laughs> we love you very, very much. Uh, it's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes in to patreon.com slash games. Give me your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help. I read here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody has fun together. Today, Nine Toe Bill, all one word, a nine spelled out, needs help on Stadia. His Stadia name is Nine Toe Bill. Not really a squad up, but I got an extra buddy pass and wanted to share it with a best friend. I'm going to read it here. First one gets it. 4-E-9-2-Z-H-D-3-9-A-3-R-T-W-S-8. Merry Christmas from 9 Toe Bill. There you go. Fran, it's time for you're wrong. Oh, this is where people write in who are watching live on Twitch.tv. Such kind of funny. Two, kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screwed up as we screwed it up. Uh, not... We're all wrong, but breaking news from Nanobiologist. Uh, apparently, Fortnite just added split screen to Battle Royale for PS4 and Xbox One. Okay. Uh, Nanobiologist then goes on to correct himself. Correcting my, my own You're Wrong from yesterday, the 3DS Ambassador program was not NES games. It was 10 N- um, not SNES games. It was 10 NES games and 10 GBA games that came out three months after the program launched. Yesterday, he had some wrong information he'd been drinking on the job. Obviously. Lord of Pwn writes in and says Spider Man PS4 is worth. $8 trade in a GameStop. Mm. $8.80 $8. if you're a pro member. So don't do my No thing grifting. You'll take, a pat. You'll take a bath on that one. <laughs> um, yes. Good. Not, not bad okay. for not the bad end of the all. year. Yeah, not Pretty bad good. at all. A little fist bump right there. It is. There. I like it. There mm. it is. Zane Gain. Back at it. You know <laughs> yeah, exactly. There it is. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily for the year 2019. Thank you all for your support. It is our honor and privilege to bring the show to you each and every day, let alone get to do everything we do at Kind of Funny. Remember, patreon.com slash games. But more importantly, remember, January 3rd, it's a Friday. 11 a.m. Pacific time uh, to 11 p.m. We will be streaming on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Of course, we'll be announcing stuff on Twitter and putting up YouTube videos, I'm sure, too. Confirming and talking about everything we're doing in 2020 for Games 4.0. Remember, even though we won't be with you live the next two weeks, except for that Friday, uh, here's how the schedule looks. Monday is Gamescast. Tuesday through Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, PlayStation VR show. Thursday, the Kind of Funny podcast. Friday, Mandalorian in review, the finale. Then the next week, uh, Monday through Thursday, PlayStation VR show every day. And then Friday the 3rd, the stream. Huh? I just wooed for PSVR. It's you and me, buddy. Yeah. A Kevin and Greg podcast. We finally made it happen. I love you. (laughs) 
Fran, thank you so much for your support. It has been a pleasure. Yeah, I guess I, I want to say it's since the end of the year already. I can't believe it's been a whole year right. doing Gamescast all year, right. coming to Games Daily when the opportunity arises. And so thank you guys for having me. It's been, uh, as I reflect on it, it's just been awesome to be in the same room with my family is what it right. feels yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, it's like, been awesome to have you back. You guys, you know, obviously spending so much time with you guys at IGN, but then you were gone for a while and I was over there. Yeah. And now we got to come back together and thank you for supporting me here. And uh, to the best friends, by the way, thank you for supporting me. You guys have been in in Twitch, you've been in the Epic Store. Like the community you guys have here really is incredible. So I can't wait to see what happens on January 3rd and in 2020. Can't wait either. Keep up with Fran. I'll break long. He'll be streaming twitch.tv slash FM3 underscore. Epic creator code Fran Mirabelle. That's it, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. And it's until awesome. next time, ladies and gentlemen, it's been our pleasure to serve you. <laughs>